Listen. Are you listening? <laughs> This is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. Up ahead this hour, it's Jukebox Republic. But like always, we start things off with a brand new edition of Here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. Today is Friday, September 10th. That's September 13th. If you're tuning in on the radio, I'm John Van Trieste, and here in the studio with me today is Joey Lin. Hi there. In just a moment, we'll be telling you about the unusual onion-related task that police in Elan County have been tasked with. Also, a funeral for a long-loved uh, and now missed tree, mm. and. Uh, we'll also be telling you about the education ministry's plans to boost English-only content in schools in the next few years. All that coming up next. Please stick around. Taiwan's northeastern county, uh, Ilan, is well known for its green onions. Specifically, the county's Sanxing Township is known for its green onions, and they mm -hmm. are quite delicious. They're made into lots of yummy things, especially uh, uh, I, I know they make uh, crackers out of them, and uh, above all else, the Ilan specialty scallion pancakes or green onion yeah, pancakes. Yeah, and they're very very pungent. Yeah, you know they're 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 good. I mean, normally I don't like scallions, but. They have they're really good, good yeah, and they, pancakes. They, they, they make them oftentimes, you can have them with like an, an added egg, so it's less, mm. and some hot sauce, so it's less overwhelming. But it's yeah. very nice, of in, in oil, mm, mm. good stuff. Yum, yum. Um, police in the area have been tasked with protecting them, but from what? <laughs> okay, well... Uh, apparently, the price of green onions has really gone off the roof recently. We should say that because, that's true of most vegetables yes. because of an well, approaching yeah. typhoon. Yes, but uh, but for in this case, though, it, it says that the price went up even when we had all the floods and everything in down south or central Taiwan, like uh, in the last month, but you know, Elon's, with all the rain, torrential rain and flooding and all of that. But Elon's always so. rainy, and it's not in the south. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, so it's not in the south. It's kind of well removed from right. Now. Okay, so um, actually, yeah, it's more, um, yeah, it's. I mean, actually, just south of Taipei, actually. It's always flooding and wet there. Well, not right. it's always wet there, so you think the onions would be used to it. So did they disturb the harvest? Well, people have been like stealing them. Okay, stealing from, them. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, people have too much farms. time on their hands. I know, because of the fact... Well, the police think that because they're so pricey um, that people are just stealing them instead of How buying them. How much is them. one? Okay, let me tell you. I mean, like, on is the, it really worth it? <laughs> okay, on the average, um, you know, maybe a kilo of uh, these green onions is like 70 NT, which is like about $2, U2 US dollars. And that's generally, right? Generally. Okay. But lately, the price has gone up to like 9 US dollars for a kilo. Who's going to steal an entire kilo of onions? You're going to, first of all, it's hard to hide the fact that you've stolen a kilo of onions because of the smell. Maybe they do it. And you're oh, only going to get $9 smell. for it? That's a lot of work for a kilo of 
Well, maybe they were only just stealing a kilo, you know. But um, that's that's a lot of onions. Late at night. Can you imagine how much a kilo of onions? That's I know. And you know, for just nine dollars, though, to make that worth your while, you've got to steal many, many, many kilos. I I don't know. You know, um, well, there really is a whole lot of really uh, yummy um, snacks and foods. That use the scallion in this particular place because so, they're so right. famous for their scallion. So are you suggesting that they're doing it for personal use? Because <laughs> I can't. That's not very profitable, actually. I don't know. And to think that the police would be tasked to protect the green onions. Yeah, what are they I'm doing? They, like, they got, like, are they sitting they out do? in their patrol cars? Do they have camera, tr- like motion sensing you know, traps? It doesn't go into details. But the thing is, the same thing goes for when it's the pear season, from July, uh, June to August. They were tasked with protecting pears back then. Oh my so goodness. it's like a very common thing, uh, you know, happening. This is what happens when you have land. no serious crime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good thing, I guess. But I, Yeah. Well, it's kind of sad that the police have to be tasked with doing that. But I guess it's pretty serious. What a use situation. of public funding. Yes. But I guess it's a pretty serious I would serious like problem. to. They should have like a, like a kind of film noir kind of detective series it's called the onion defender or something right. like that it could be so i mean you know as time goes along we have high tech so i i'm assuming they're using a lot of like surveillance cameras or even something more fancy than that like to, a motion sensor to, i mean yeah thing. i mean they wouldn't be sending the police there and just sitting out and were uh, you know like falling asleep like watching the field you know 24 7 i don't suppose I mean, have they caught anyone stealing from these? Um, goods? They say they're just looking into suspects, you know, suspicious. Oh, they've cases. got suspects. Ooh. Yeah, they're 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 tracking down on some leads, and so that's all it's saying, you know. Mm. But um, for this to make into the news, yeah, Taiwan's police blotters are definitely an interesting. Well, <laughs> we must material. say that we do have a great police force because constantly, well, I'm going to say they're constantly, constantly asked to do kind of ridiculous things. <laughs> yes, but there has, has been, you know, oftentimes have these, you know, like heartwarming stories about a police helping to someone retrieve with dementia, go home. Yeah, right, 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 that too. Or someone, you know, um, retrieve a, 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 a stolen wallet. Or, a story. And especially foreigners, foreigners in Taiwan, yeah, they, they say that our police are great, you know, well, because they say. Yeah, they have a lot of t- time and energy to devote to things like missing right. wallets. Right, and that um, when they do retrieve their wallets, nothing's missing from the wallet. Like, you know, times people are friendly enough, like they don't. But when it comes money. to onions, it's a different matter entirely. <laughs> now, isn't that, yeah, that, that is funny. All bets are off when onions are involved. Yeah, that is funny. Huh? Well, that, it they is won't touch really your wallet, but yeah. watch your fields. Right. We care I more heard, about our food, I guess. I heard people were doing this with watermelons over the summer. That sounds oh, like a heavy, heavy heist. That's yeah because they can go big here they do you know like like oblong shaped but um yeah that reminds me there was a time we have this like a um, a five-star apartment building near where we live and someone rented out a first floor store just to stock up on all these watermelons i thought it was onions no watermelons and then i guess they were rotting away ew like, like that's for a some gross reason, aside tangent yeah, that was really bad every time I walked by it was just like I'm like pinching my nose well if it was onions you would also smell it I suppose but uh, I guess I don't know. good luck oh, to yeah. the police force to catch these these uh, I certainly onion so. thieves stalking Taiwan's countryside <laughs> Well, a township in uh, southern Taiwan, 
uh, Utai Township in Pindong County, to be specific, is about to hold a very special and unusual funeral. A funeral for a tree, a 60-year-old king cherry, specifically. Uh, this tree apparently grew to an enormous size, and uh, when it bloomed during the cherry blossom season every February and March, it was sort of like a canopy of so it's a massive, cherry? massive cherry tree. Okay. I and, actually saw a picture of it. It's really huge. Yeah. You know, it's like well, it almost was. like starting to be a, a like a roof, you know, for a building or something, yeah. like a house there. It's very dense uh, foliage yes. and uh, enormous as well. And so inspired by this one tree, the people in the uh, the township were even inspired to plant more So and have some like hiking trails planted with them. And so people would come and especially during around the Lunar New Year when these start to bloom in Taiwan, much earlier than in Japan because we're a bit warmer and the mm. spring and summer start earlier here. Um, people would come from all over to like take photos with this enormous, tr enormous tree. Then things started to go badly. Around three years ago, there was a smaller than usual bloom. The township called in experts to diagnose what was going on. They wanted to prune the tree, but because the tree was on private land, oddly enough, oh. um, the township couldn't do anything because it wasn't theirs. I don't know. I guess they tried and the people who own the to... land didn't respond. Oh. Um, maybe okay. that's what happened. It doesn't quite explain what where the miscommunication was, but nothing happened, basically. And then, uh, then this year, there were just dried branches, not even any green, fresh leaves that should have come out this spring. Mm. The people in the area informed the township office. They finally got, and this is a, a real school that we have here in Taiwan, a professor from, uh, an advisor, sorry, at uh, the National Pingdong University of Science and Technology's Plant Medicine Teaching Hospital. Okay. So tree they diagnosis. These, these yeah. dendritians, these, yeah, tree, these doctors. Doctors, tree doctors. Um, he says it must have been dead for a long time because it's all blackened in the roots and branches. Aww. And uh, Yeah. He says that, uh, first That's of all, problem one, there was concrete around it that prevented rainwater getting to the roots. Oh. But then we also had a big drought this past year. Oh, there we were no did, typhoons we during the summer last year. Even though I was talking about floods last um, at the last um, story. Yeah. Yeah, well we that left, that this. led to the groundwater the water table falling locally. Mm -hmm. So there mm -hmm. was little probably a lack of water seems to have just get made this tree uh die of thirst of no no apparent illness. So they're going to have a funeral for the tree before next year's cherry festival and I just mm. wonder how do you what do you have someone do a eulogy? Like how <laughs> do you have a funeral for a tree? I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, gosh, they must really find it sacred. Are they going know? to be following been, any of the traditional Taiwanese so, elements of a funeral? Yeah, we're so into the rituals and the culture of things, you know, in Taiwan. People here really do I go think, crazy for wildflowers and f blooming trees in general, though. Yeah. Uh, I can't tell you, we don't often post them, but uh, pretty much every week there's at least a couple of them in our the list of videos that news videos that we are invited to do so mm. uh, well i mean if maybe they're holding this you know funeral for this tree because they want to um like pull it and then in the same spot they want to grow other like you know um cherry trees well they've got a whole they forest want... of them in the area that they planted by now so this tree oh, oh, inspired many others that. oh i see but that I was see. the main the main attraction the star of the show if you will and uh yeah unfortunately it died before anyone even realized it was dead um oh. well Taiwanese people can be superstitious and they don't want to just like chop a tree and just throw it away you know they have to go through the ritual mm. hoping that they're not doing anything that's know. 
evil to and 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 they want to be you know they want to be blessed but it, it it must be a tree i mean i it looks like it's a really really huge tree yeah and i think it's worth for them to do something special well know, it was to, like the um, key to the i mean there's not a whole lot else going on in the area but you so. said it turned black well it, the roots had it sounds like a pretty awful death for this the root, tree. the roots and the branches had yes yeah um, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's unfortunate that whoever owns the land didn't really seem to bother to try and... Didn't care as much for the tree as yeah, anybody else well, did. Uh, well, it'll be interesting to see if uh, we hear any more reports about this and what the funeral for the tree involves. Mm. The education ministry wants us to speak English. Yeah. And they've really been going on about this for a long time now. But yeah. my what I what I've heard from uh, a, a few people is that this is not the first push to promote English that's happened in Taiwan over the years. What's going to be different this time? Can we really uh, expect okay. different results? And they have an ambitious target, 2024. That's believe it or not because I still I think we're all still living in 2019. Oh, yeah. um, that's really just like 2 3 years from I now. I know. I know. Do you think it's possible? Anyway. I have my reservations, but uh, we'll right? see what they have I, I, planned. I do, too. If well, the goal is to just boost English-only instruction, that's probably achievable. I don't know if they have enough teachers. What's the plan? Okay. Now, um, to give you know our listeners and our viewers uh, a background, basically, in 2018, when our current vice president, William Lai, he when was, was premier, he proposed that you know by the year 2030 that we can become a bilingual country. And so... Um, more recently, the Ministry of Education, they unveiled a special like English teaching guideline last week uh, for high schools and under in Taiwan to have a goal of like having 60% of the schools using only English to teach English courses by the year 2024. I thought that already happens in a lot of cases. Uh, yeah, but I think they're putting a more thrust about this because... And it will just um, be English classes. They're not going to teach other... Oh, parts of the curriculum in English, oh, will oh, they? Well, no, but the thing is, you know, for other courses, they hope that uh, they could be taught bilingually by the year 2024. Mm. Other courses. I now, see, that's more a challenge, don't you I think? see, yeah, yeah. I'm not totally sure. So I had a, a year or two stint as an English teacher at one of the schools that uh, trains kids after school in English. Mm -hmm. Judging by what I saw, I'm not terribly uh, confident in the, well, I don't want to say the skills of the teachers, but getting it into the kids' heads. Uh, oh, it seems to be, and I've often thing. felt also that if the kids, if the parents feel that badly about the school's English curriculum that they have to send them to school after school, then mm -hmm. what's the point of going to school, you know? <laughs> um, the other thing is having qualified teachers uh, teach things like, you know, who are qualified enough in English and their subject. Right. I wonder, well, we may have to bring in... Or like, you know, teach the grammar properly. from overseas. Well, so at the same time, the education ministry is going uh, is launching a massive campaign to recruit foreign teachers. Okay. And, um, but the thing is, I was just thinking, I they think still can't enter Taiwan yet. They can't enter Taiwan yet. And I think that the pay is going to not be at all competitive compared to what they can really? make in other parts of Asia. Well, okay, but it does say that, you know, they're going to be providing subsidies and, um, you know, for transportation and lodging for these foreign uh, foreign teachers, hopefully to be able to persuade them to stay in Taiwan. I think Taiwan um, does have its terms and, and, like, people do end up staying. I mm. just think that uh, if you are a, I don't know, you've 
paid all this money to go to a, a college in the U.S., for instance. Pe yeah. Lots of people end up with student debts. Taiwan oh, isn't yeah. going to pay the kind of paycheck you need to pay that back, those loans back. So True. I think yeah. that there's a there's quite an uphill walk when it comes to recruiting, hmm. not just English teachers, but English teachers with skills in history, science, you know, uh -huh. chemistry or whatever else it may be. Oh, okay. Well, uh, at the same time, uh, the education ministry has listed three universities as priority schools for bilingual teaching, so on a, on a trial basis. Uh, that's the National Taiwan University. It's our top university in yeah, Taiwan. Yeah, I went there, and there were I actually did take a class in Chinese because like that with Taiwanese students, like everything mm -hmm. was uh, about ancient Chinese bronzes of all things. Whoa. Yeah, no, that was not fun. That was because <laughs> they didn't have enough courses in English. Oh, Oh, wow. And the other two are the National Gong University and National Sun Yat-sen University. Okay. Right? Okay, so for bilingual teaching, well, good luck to that, really. That's a challenge. No, I mean, um, university professors, I think, are much more likely to have a good true. command of English. Okay, yes, yes. I definitely had Taiwanese professors I'm, who had no, no issues okay. with English at all. I'm just very picky about pronunciation myself. A lot of them had lived in you know, places like the UK or the US or Canada. Okay. And well, no... maybe maybe my uh, you know um, recollection of this is goes back to still when my older daughter, the oldest child, uh, was in kindergarten, and um, I think some of the teachers in her school had been teaching English for like twenty, thirty years, and she came home one day and said, "Mom, I learned an English song." I said, "Okay, well, sing it for me," and she said something, something ramble, something, something ramble, and I'm going like, I'm going like, Cynthia, what's ramble? And she said. Rainbow. Oh, you mean rainbow. Rainbow. And yeah. she goes, no, mom, you're wrong. The teacher says rainbow. And I wanted to cry. So. <laughs> yeah, I've heard a story about it. My, one of my good friends here had a um, a teacher who pronounced the word girl, gyaru. What? What? <laughs> boys and gyarus. Is really... No, no, really? Yeah. Oh, that's way off. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. So but, I yeah. think that it's these days the younger generation who've actually maybe of uh, teachers, I mean, who may have actually spent time abroad. The old generation, it was difficult to get out of Taiwan um, yes. but, uh, or meet anyone from outside of like native speakers. Yeah. There wasn't a whole lot of there wasn't like the Internet, you know. True. Uh, your chances for hearing English like outside of maybe a recording of a tape or re not mm. not great. No. Um, I think now it's better. Definitely. But uh yeah, we have a very long... I think that's just too ambitious of a goal, really. I know. Um, we should try to help. I don't know what we can do. <laughs> well, they wouldn't even accept we my... We were the English service at, yeah. at RTI. <laughs> well, I, I, they don't even want to talk... I tried tell, doing an interview about this. They wouldn't even talk to me. So I, uh -oh. I think that they're not interested in our help. Oh. Yeah. Um, they're probably getting anxious. And, you know, I, with I this, would be. I think through, that's it's a... big of an ambition a here. A big jump. Mm. Um, do they say, uh, is it going to be mostly science going to be taught in English mostly, do you think, or math? or? Well, I, I, said, I think it meant that, you know, other than what English courses, they wanted... Bilingually, they want like do bilingually. it in one language every other day? How does that work? I wouldn't think so. I'm thinking like, you know, um, like sometimes I try to do, I don't know, something bilingually. I might just certain terms, I'll say in English or something, and then... Or, or even the other round. I don't know. But that's confusing. But, uh, I mean, then you uh, end up not mastering the material perfectly in either language. Well, it wouldn't be like direct translation of what you teach in class, like have a translator on the side. I don't think it's that. 
I think it's just, you know, um, maybe they use textbooks in the English language, but yeah. then the teacher will be talking, you know, teaching in Chinese. I, I really so also hope this doesn't oh impact gosh. the quality of the kids' Chinese. Oh, well, I hope not. They should at least have already a strong, firm basis sure, of Chinese. Sure, it's their mother tongue, but I mean, like, you know, how you have language arts classes and, mm-hmm. you know, to become better at writing and argumenting, make presenting an argument or persuading yeah. someone or even reading literature. Uh, I think, Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's not a everyday, English is not an everyday language for most people here. So no, I don't so. quite see what the need to be fully. To, how does Singapore do it? <laughs> Maybe we can learn from them. Well, Singlish law. <laughs> well, I mean, besides the accent. <laughs> I don't know. So, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of iffy about this. I mean, it, it's great to have this ambition, you know, to become a bilingual country by 2030. I think but we should just have people be proficient in English and be happy about that, <laughs> rather than being like bilingual. It's not really... Oh, okay. Let's just celebrate. Oh, we can speak English. Okay, great. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Um, well, but they'd want to start from the kids. I mean, you know, don't don't put hopes on adults, but, you know, on the kids, mm. you know, right? And so that's that's what they're aiming at. And, well, I hope that most of the kids are like my kids. When they were in elementary school, they hated English. But it wasn't until they went to junior high and they're faced with tests and exams, you know, and so then they start getting serious about the language. And thankfully, now I think they're proficient, I would say, in their English language. So I'm glad about that. Mm. So um, maybe that's the thing, you know, with kids that they they will get, you know, hopefully that they will get serious, mm. you know, when it comes to... I think there's a, that's another ba- major, actual, actually a stumbling block in the pursuit of true bilingualism is that oh. it's all about tests. I know. Communication is not the point. Yes. And that's what the purpose of a language is. Yeah. Uh, it's it's sort of testing for its own sake. And I've read some of the material and it's not something that I would, as a native speaker, would ever say in some cases. Oh, okay. Um, I think there are more promoting like the speaking of the English language. Yeah. Whether in cram schools that's, that's, or... That's the important thing. Or, you know, these English clubs or whatever, or English corners or, you know, that you do online. I think there are more of that. And so um, hopefully it'll be a slight change. I don't know. You know in, I also feel that. like a lot of these yeah. kids have just too much on their plates. They're expected to not only be proficient as native Chinese speakers and, and English, They've got to learn one of their mother tongues, which is, could be a traditional Taiwanese language. And those are definitely going to, I think, suffer as the emphasis on English mm. grows. Some of these languages are faced with uh, extinction. Yeah. Uh, that really, sh- saving that needs to, I don't know. I feel like, and then there's Southeast Asian languages have been introduced. There's just too so, much, too mm, much. I know, it is too much. To fit into a day. Well, you've got to love languages to, you know, um, what, like learn all the languages that you can. Sure. I think well, you, you're uh, equipped with this talent, you know, just like learning language. There's nothing. There's, it's not a talent. It's, in it's, the a, genes. it's a no. It's not. It's a. It's a rote. It's practice. It's okay. Practice that's a, makes perfect. Yes. Um, and I think uh, if you're practicing what the, if you're practicing the wrong, you have to practice the right thing. Yeah. If it is just like I said, you sit down and fill in some bubbles for a test. Right. And the thing with you is that you have this like perfect pronunciation no you know not, again, like you sound like the locals whether it's that's uh, that is uh, Hakka uh, language that's or whatever. A t- teachers scary teachers maybe 
scary ask, teachers being like, that's wrong. This is how you say it. You have it. a good ear. And no, no, no. <laughs> teachers constantly correcting. Okay. Pointing out where it's wrong. That's also very key. Mm. Uh, having that feedback. Thinking. All right. I don't know. We'll see if we can pull it off. Anyway, that's all we have time for on a day's edition of Here in Taiwan. I'm John Van Trieste. And I'm Shirley Lin. Stay tuned for more of Shirley next on Jukebox Republic. Goodbye. Just tuning to Jukebox Republic, I'm Shirley Lin. Well, I could be becoming a pet owner sometime soon. Well, it's really my son who wants a pet. He had thought about it for a long time and kept asking me about it. He had thought about either a cat or a rabbit. Well, you know why I gave him the option of having a rabbit. Because of my colleague, John, who owns a beautiful white rabbit from the shelter. And he's named it Snowball. Anyway, my son Charles was open to the options, but at the end, he decided on a cat. And he's doing a lot of research and talking to someone who really knows about cats. So for someone, me, who has never owned a pet before, except for some goldfish and birds, this is going to be quite a big change in our house. And this song here is so appropriate. It's 主播是一只猫. Oh, oh, I just realized what the song is about. It says uh, a news anchor or news anchor woman is a cat. And this is by Darlin and Aida.
Okay, I didn't quite get what that song was talking about, but in any case, it's kind of cute, right? Um, 主播是一只猫. It means news anchor is a cat. Oh, well, you're listening to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin, and I'm talking about the fact that we could soon be getting a cat in our house. And because of that, um, a story in the news last week really affected me a lot. It was about a cat. It was about a pet cat who was abused and then died 11 days later. So a man threatened his girlfriend to get back together with him. This happened in Taiwan by showing videos of, of him beating up and pouring hot water over their pet cat that they've named Cha Cha, Cha as in tea. Some animal rescuers arrived at the scene after they saw the video and rushed the cat to the hospital. But um, there was a lot of accusations going on, like the rescuers accused the government's uh, Animal Protection and Health Inspection Office that, that they didn't take action right away. They were also frustrated with the office's um, initial decision to just issue a $2,700 U.S. dollar fine instead of handling it as a criminal case. The office then followed up on a case last week and said it had asked the prosecutors to treat it as a major criminal case. Legislators held a press conference titled, After Setting Off Ta-Ta, How Do We Prevent Animals From Being Abused? Legislator Chen Tingfei said it is ironic that very few animal abuse cases have been treated as a crime in the past. She says raising penalties is not enough. According to statistics, out of uh, 400-some cases of animal abuse in the past two years, only five were criminal cases, while nine were given penalties at the most $2,500. U.S. She said, currently, the maximum penalty for intentional injuring or killing of animals, according to Animal Protection Act, is two-year prison term and a fine uh, below $72,000. U.S. Legislator Chen said often animal abuse cases are linked to domestic abuse cases, but the government should be building something like a two-way prevention intervention system instead. That there should be a more comprehensive and efficient network for reporting and addressing such issues. It's so sad, the story about cat Cha Cha. Well, I have more songs about cats. Here's uh, Wei Li An with the song Mao Mi Gong He Guo, Cat Republic. 边边和鸟鸟给你
你沙发抓破，偶尔蹭过来给你摸。打翻你的咖啡，弄脏我的肉球，再踩上你的枕头。Legislator Chen Tingfei owns a pet or is an animal lover. Even I felt saddened by the death of that cat. It was totally innocent. Putting that sad news story aside, though, I'm already getting excited about you know our new cat. Well, we've decided that because we've never owned a pet before, that we will buy this one first.、Uh, we're so afraid that we can't handle a stray cat from the shelter that it might be diseased, but mostly that it might be wild. Talking about wild, years ago we found a stray kitten in the rain when we were living in an old house, and we had a small yard outside. Somehow it found its way to our yard and was crying all night, so I took it in and placed it in a cardboard box. Well, I first tried feeding it milk from a dish, but I didn't think it took any. Since my husband and I worked at the same place the next day, we didn't know what to do, so we took it, cardboard box and all,、uh, to our office. All our colleagues played with it, but you should have seen our boss. He was patient in the beginning, even though the kitten kept meowing. But by late afternoon, he gave me an ultimatum that I had to do something about a kitten, you know, before the night, you know, kicked in. Well, we had hoped that someone from the office would decide to adopt it, and I was so glad that somebody finally did. After some time, this colleague—oh, it was not at RTI. It was way before I started working at RTI. The colleague said she was moving to the UK and that she was bringing the kitten with her. So we went to her apartment to look at a kitten for the last time, and boy, was I glad I didn't choose to take in the kitten. It was so wild that the whole time we were there, she was running around, running around, up the walls and down, up the walls and down. But I'm so glad someone loved her so much and was willing to spend loads of money to bring her to the UK. 
the kitten had to be in quarantine for six months too before it could be reunited with her owner. Actually, I don't even know if it was a he or she. Anyway, I hope that she's still doing well. He or she is still doing well over in London. Another song about cats, 有狗猫 by Du Xitian, which means cat enough. I mean, like being like a cat enough. About our cat, at first my son Charles was saying, "Daddy and I should get a pet because we're already empty nesters, and that it would be good to have one to keep us company." But when he kept nagging me about it, I started realizing maybe it was him who wanted one. He finally confessed. We agreed that he would be the one taking care of it, and maybe keep the cat in his room, litter box, and all. I figured too that it would be good for him actually to teach him better time management and organization, taking care of a cat. 
he's already getting excited, deciding what kind of cat to have and what name to call it. Well, he hasn't thought about it yet. I'm glad he's decided on a short-haired cat. I know that cat hair will definitely cling on to my clothes and our clothes. And if that's the case, then I would prefer a short hair. I mean, short hair, short cat hair, as opposed to long cat hair that I'm going to find all over my clothes. I said, "What if you're allergic to cats?" I was asking Charles. So all of us, uh, the three of us, are looking forward to going over to a friend's place and spend a whole afternoon there and see what happens. He has three cats. I've got a song about 流浪猫小虎 a stray cat, little tiger, by Guo Jing. Haven't heard from her in a while.
只要等一个，等一个，等一个，等一个下一个笑容。那再等一个，等一个，等一个，等一个，原谅自己的奢求。莫名的倔强是我的朋友，身上的。紧紧抱在胸口。别弄错，曾经何时我也曾被紧紧抱在胸口So much for tuning into Jubal's Republic. I'm Shirley Lin, and、um, yeah, I can't wait to tell you about the cat once I do get it. Here, signing off with another song about cats: "Mao Zou Lu, Cat Walking" by Yan Zhenlan.
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.